Welcome to Eat This Scroll, a University Fellowship Church podcast. My name is Chris Moore. We get together about twice a week and we chew on God's word, discuss biblical principles and concepts, and uh, just share that with you, a little peek into uh, into our minds and our lives. This week we have Lou Thaniel Heinberg <laughs> with us, not to be confused with Lou Hines. Hello, Lou. <laughs> Isn't it supposed to be confused with the word? <laughs> <laughs> Disguise your voice a little bit for oh, me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Lou, you yes. had a you had kind of a preface that you wanted to deliver before you offered up oh, your deep wisdom. Yeah. Oh, geez. Well, okay. We were just talking about we got to talk about heady things, and I literally just ate a whole bunch of Domino's pizza. He did. So what that means to you listeners, I hope that this is a cogent conversation <laughs> and doesn't meander and makes sense. I'd like to point out that you just said cogent and meander in the same sentence. Yeah. So, I like words. Talking mm-hmm. over people's heads, man. No. Well, essentially, I just had an idea and it just, oh, food coma. Yeah. I hope to not be in a food coma. Yeah. All your blood is working to try and keep you alive right now. To process that. Yeah. Delicious Domino's pizza. Domino's is the best. Shout out to Sean Duncan. Um, what are we talking about this week? Yeah. So, uh, one of the last podcasts I did, um, talked on prayer and reading through the praying life. Well, still working through it and still processing it. So, uh, I simply thought that maybe we could talk a little bit more about that. And I think it's something that's important to the everyday Christian. And I think it's also something that the everyday Christian struggles with um, feels guilt over or pride possibly if you're happening to succeed um, in that part of your life. So yeah, I thought maybe it would be beneficial to I go on tour. What? I go on tour for public praying. So I'm very, very good at it. It's oh. like, like I sell tickets <laughs> and uh late night televangelist. Yeah. I think you might need to read a praying <laughs> Uh, praying is obviously a big part of the Christian life. Yeah. Undoubtedly. Yep. Um, it's something we all know of mm-hmm. and there's a lot out there on the topic, but I don't, I'd be challenged to think that we all have like a really good grasp of what prayer is, what's happening when we're praying, what mm-hmm. it means for us, why we should do it, what circumstances, et cetera. So I'm excited yeah. to dig into this. Yeah, well, so I was just reading through, and um, I came to a quote that I thought I could share, and then we could talk about it, whatever. So um, currently, Paul Miller, who's the author of The Praying Life, he's talking about emotions and um, what that can, should look like in Christian spirituality. And there can be a tendency to suppress our emotions. Uh, We think that that's the spiritual thing to do that um, somehow we're more God honoring or more God like by suppressing our emotions or our desires or just that part of, of our humanity. <clears throat> and I think, and that's a bigger conversation that applies to just maybe Western thought in general, but um, he says this about that suppressing of emotions and desires. He says, Jesus could not be more different. Uh, Read the Gospels and you'll discover a passionate feeling man. And then he goes on to say, Jesus neither suppresses his feelings nor lets them master him. He is real. And then the case that he's making is that he he experiences emotion. Jesus 
he experiences his emotion, but the way he doesn't let them control him is by coming to the father in prayer. So one of the examples he provides, and I think it's a very um, fitting example is the garden of Gethsemane um, when he's actually expressing a desire that would seem to be contrary to um, perhaps God, the father's desire um, where he says, um, you know, let this cup pass from me. Essentially, I don't want to do this. You mm-hmm. know, I don't want to go through this. And he's expressing that very real desire in prayer. And he's so emotional and physiologically, his body is having crazy reactions. You know, he's sweating blood, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, so in prayer, we see our savior who is fully God, fully man, um, being real with his emotions and his desires, bringing them to God. And so he's so always, then he makes the case for us of, okay, if we're to follow Jesus and we're supposed to be, um, fully human, allow those emotions, allow us to feel them. We don't want them to master us. And I think that's what we're all afraid of. Sorry, I'm just rambling, but we, that's like the fear of, of, uh, I think sometimes we can have is like, man, if I, if I actually feel these emotions that I'm going to let them control me, they're going to, I'm going to do something stupid or I'm going to say something stupid. Well, I think prayer provides that safe space for us to experience the emotion, but then to deal with it and not let it control us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's a spectrum really. I mean, we see, you see the stodgy, you know, just almost like a pipe bomb ready to go off. Yeah, you know, person, mm-hmm. you get nothing, no reading. You hit them with a scanner, no sign, no sign of life there. Yeah, um, <laughs> and yep. and that's almost kind of a like a piety, like a, a sense of righteousness could potentially come from that. Mm-hmm. But then you got the other end of the spectrum where it's like you're mastered by your emotions. Everything is emotional and emotionally driven, mm-hmm. and it's your barometer on if things are right or wrong, and all these things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree that there's a space and a conduit that is been offered to us because God has made us like him in his image in that we are thinking, feeling beings. Mm-hmm. We we uh, have these things as a natural result of how we were yeah. created and, mm-hmm. you know, affected by the fall. But yeah, it's a great observation that this is the space to come to the Father and, mm-hmm. and bring all those things. Yeah. And I even think of the example of Cain and Abel, and we could, I'm going to hypothesize here. Not the Bible. This is your disclaimer. Yeah. Pure hypothesis. Yes. <laughs> uh, this is not, yeah, this is not God's infallible word, <laughs> what I'm about to say. And, but you see in the Cain and Abel story, <clears throat> uh, Cain become very upset towards his brother, and I would say even towards God, God not accepting his sacrifice, but accepting Abel's. And you see in a conversation where God comes to Cain and he says, you know, why is your face downcast? And then he says, um, don't let this rule over you, or you must rule over it, not let it rule over you. Mm-hmm. And sin is crouching at the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, even just as I'm talking and sharing about Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane and the prayer and allowing him to express his, express his emotions, what, what would it have been like mm-hmm. if rather than um, Cain doing what he did, what if he came to God in prayer? I don't know. Obviously, we're mm-hmm. not told, and there's a lot of things that are going into that story. So I don't, I don't think that story is saying 
um, the purpose is not to say anything about prayer necessarily, right. but our relationship towards God. So I don't know. Uh, it just makes me wonder. Yeah. It makes me think. I wonder if there's a sense where people don't have a clear understanding of who God is. Um, you might think you do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always thinking symptomatically. Hmm. It's just mm-hmm. kind of how my brain works. And so I see a thing and I go, okay, what is this a symptom of? Mm-hmm. And so when I think mm-hmm. of like people who struggle to pray or they pray, you know, um, in a unbiblical or maybe just unhelpful or, or whatever, you know, yeah. sometimes it makes people uncomfortable pray. I start asking questions and thinking, yeah. okay, what's at the root here? Mm-hmm. And I wonder if a lack of understanding of who God is, like we have to come to him with the right words, with the right cadence of our speech, mm-hmm. um, you yep. know, we have to petition like the woman in the 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 judge, yeah. but not petition too much so we're not babbling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, all these things. And one thing that's been uh, ruminating in my mind for the last maybe a couple of weeks is this idea that I, I get to bring my mess to God mm-hmm. and he understands all the insecurities, you know, whatever pretenses are there and all these yeah. things. And I say, God, I... I don't know how to clean this message up for you, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and not in an irreverent way, but in a yeah. help, yeah, like, oh yeah, help me in this space. And I'm, I think that understanding has really helped me just be comforted in a time where, you know, mm-hmm. like Kane, he probably, you know, again with your hypothesis, he probably had all kinds of feelings. <laughs> I mean, he just murdered his brother, <laughs> you know, and and he got his offering rejected by God, yeah, and um. And what you don't see is him falling down, going, mm-hmm. I don't know what to do, right. God. I don't know this happened. And, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of um, yeah. just falling on mm-hmm. on God. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a great question to ask. Sim- what, what are these symptoms of? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you reminded me of a quote from A.W. Tozer, which says... I love Tozer. Yeah, he's a great author, but... Says the most important things, the most important thing about us is what we think about God. Um, so because what that means is whatever, however we view God, is going to affect Everything. all of our life. Yeah, Everything. and none of us thinks perfectly about God due to like you know uh, how we were raised, family of origin, or just our own pre understandings of. God. Um, but yeah, if I view God wrongly, it is going to be this kind of system of, okay, a very ritualistic, I have to say this, I have to not say this. Um, and then that influences my prayer life. And then that continues to have ripple effects on down the rest of my life, you know? And so even in this book, he's talking about how some of the prayer authors or authors on prayer that he's read have said, um, you know, you shouldn't ask for anything besides God because um, God is enough or God is satisfactory, which is true. Mm-hmm. God is satisfactory and God is enough. But then he likens it to um, a relationship between a husband and a wife. And what if the husband came to the wife and said, you know, wife, I don't think you should ask for anything besides me because I'm enough. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. of course, he'd get laughed what? out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, uh, you're great, but um, I think I need a little bit uh, more from you. And so I think that, that there's some similarity there of, of uh, obviously God is sufficient. God is enough. Um, but he, but any loving husband will want to provide for the needs of his wife. 
Um, you know, and Jesus talks about um, how earthly fathers care for their children. How much more will a heavenly father care for you? And that's to influence our prayer life. Um, and we talked about it last time, but coming to the father as children and mm-hmm. bringing, as you said, all of our mess and all the things we need help with. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm always drawn to the simplicity of just looking at Jesus's words when he was instructing his disciples on prayer. Um, you know, in the Sermon on the Mount, he gives the the Lord's prayer <laughs> as an archetype and a, a structure we could follow. So if you don't know what to pray and you know, maybe this week it's give me my daily bread, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, maybe mm-hmm. that is it. I know there was a, a healing in the Bible. Um, and I'm trying to remember where it is, but effectively his request was Lord help. Oh yeah. That was mm-hmm. it. That was it. And I've prayed that prayer so many times. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Lord help. Yeah. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. have to be a long prayer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, he's not impressed by our many words. And I think we can have a propensity, like I said, of being formulaic. Um, but really all of those things come down to a dependency. When yeah. you're when you're just <clears throat> pumped on life and you've been blessed and you're so excited, you want to tell somebody about it. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're when you're lamenting and you're broken heart and you're downcast, you want to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Um, and these are all things that are exampled in scripture mm-hmm. when you have need, when you, you know, when your brother is hurting. Um, so all of these different ways that scripture illustrates what prayer looks like just speaks to a constant dependency on yeah. who he is. Yeah. And oh man, he, cause he even talks about that in the book. Um, you're reminding me and this, this whole idea that prayer really is, as you said, dependency on God. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we're praying, we're not doing and our proclivity is to do, because then at least we know we're going to get it done, or yeah. at least we're going to try, yeah. right? But instead of doing, I'm praying, which then makes me rely and depend upon the work of the Father. Now, that's not saying that you stop your nine-to-five job. I mean, but there is this sense of dependency and prayer being um, dependent on God. And he says in the book, this um, thought of Jesus was the most dependent person that ever lived. Mm-hmm. Now, he wasn't dependent on, upon people, but he was dependent on the Father. And you look at, um, you know, his will is constantly wrapped up in um, in the will of the Father. And, um, you know, when he's casting out demons, this one only comes out by prayer. And so, just this idea, wow. And you think about it, Jesus, was Jesus the most dependent person? Because he was praying? Because yeah. he needed to pray to the Father? You know, he'd stay up all night on occasion to pray and to figure out, okay, who's going to be the 12 and... And if, gosh, if, okay, then if, you know, if he was dependent on God, then I certainly need to be. And then that provides a new definition, or at least a new greater understanding of sin, of mm-hmm. a lack of dependency on God is saying, okay, I can do this on my own. Yeah. Which then you see in the garden of, okay, I'm going to pull the, tr- the fruit from the tree. Um, I'm going to provide wisdom and knowledge for myself rather than um, relying on it from the Lord. So, and then you start, all these things are. Yeah. Connected. It's yeah. Crazy, but. It's so good. Yeah. I mean, it, it does, you know, as far as we understand, you think, oh, my kids are dependent on me. Um, we associate that with a sense of weakness, you know, but with the, and this is, I'm punching above my pay grade here. Um, but this idea of the co-relationship of the Trinity mm-hmm. and just the the necessary connection that they all share with each other. 
some theologian somewhere is dying. I'm sure I'm I'm phrasing this wrong, but um, <laughs> yeah, we you know we wouldn't say Jesus was weak, but we would say he was in union with the Father, mm-hmm. and that his desires and the the relationship mm-hmm. there was yeah. was beyond our understanding. Um, and that is a great observation to to look to his behavior. You know, you know we we talk. Some, on occasion about prescription and description and in, mm-hmm. in the text and okay, is this something that I'm being instructed to do or is this just a description of what happened? And so we want to be careful because we're not Jesus, but certainly sure. as our archetype and, and the one who in a lot of ways, but spiritually, but physically as well, we're being made into his image. Mm-hmm. Um, looking at what he did and the patterns he held, like, you know, what would it look like if he didn't pray in scripture? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what well, would that be weird? Would that, would mm-hmm. we ask questions like, um, but he still took the time mm-hmm. and, and exercised that discipline when, you know, they, they were in unity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah. And don't, um, don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that we all need to be staying up and praying yeah. through the night. Yeah. Um, no, but it's more of the, uh, realization of dependence upon the father and how that spurs on prayer and then how prayer spurs on greater and greater dependence or the realization of greater and greater dependence upon the Lord. Um, yeah, I would, I would not encourage people to stay up every night or maybe even some nights and pray through the night. Um, <clears throat> you are super holy though, if you can't accomplish yeah. that. <laughs> but you know, maybe there are occasions, um, when you need to do that. Not saying that, I mean, we talked about it last time. Everybody's prayer life is different. Mm hmm. I'm not going to prescribe anything for you. I'm just saying Jesus was dependent upon the father. Yeah. As we should realize that we need to be as well. So, but there you go. Yeah. That was, those were my thoughts. There we go. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, that we exercise our faith in our dependence on the Lord. Mm-hmm. And you can see that and trace the symptoms back to how are you doing? You know, how's your health? How's your your walk, as they say, and we'll deal with that someday. Um, but yeah, look at t- look at the behaviors and the actions, and see if if dependence is a, a common quality that you have in your everyday life. So mm-hmm. there you go, Lou. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Thanks for having bearing with me in these fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh man, you're welcome. Always fun. <laughs> All right. Well, we will get you next time, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys. Well, thanks for listening. Thank you to our guests for coming and sharing what they've been chewing on in God's Word. We produce these podcasts and release them twice a week, so please subscribe so you don't miss out on one. And don't forget, love God, love your neighbor, and make disciples. Disciples.